Welcome to this podcast from Neurogastroenterology and Motility. It publishes original research and topical reviews on basic and clinical aspects of gastrointestinal sensation and motility, as well as brain-gut interactions. So welcome everyone to this month's podcast from Neurogastroenterology and Motility. My name's Adam Farmer and I'm a gastroenterologist at the Wingate Institute in London. This month it's my pleasure to welcome Professor Jan Huizinger. Jan is a Professor of Medicine and Biomedical Sciences at McMaster University in Canada. His research focuses on the role of interstitial cells of Cajal in the control of motility within the gastrointestinal tract. So Jan, many thanks for joining us on the podcast this month and congratulations to you and your co-authors on your paper entitled Stimulus-Induced Pacemaker Activity in Interstitial Cells of Cajal Associated with the Deep Muscular Plexus of the Small Intestine. So just to start, could you give me some background to the role of interstitial cells of Cajal in the gastrointestinal tract, both in health and disease? Thank you, Adam, for inviting me to comment on our paper in Neurogastroenterology and Motility. Interstitial cells of Cajal provide pacemaker activity to the gut musculature, which means that they generate rhythmic depolarizations, which orchestrate rhythmic phasic contractile activity in the musculature. The pacemaker activity prevents the muscle from going into a tonic contraction, and when the depolarizations propagate through the network of ICC, they also orchestrate the propagation of the circular muscle contractions. ICC are heavily innervated, there is bidirectional communication with enteric nerves, and ICC are also receptors for vagal afroneurons, so there is direct bidirectional communication with the brain. And two prominent examples in disease are gastroparesis and chronic constipation, which are marked by a reduction in ICC, which can influence pacemaker activity as well as innervation. Interestingly, there are two positive features of ICC that make the ICC quite resilient. First, ICC are a network of thousands of individual cells which are connected by gap junctions. This means that if randomly 10 or 20 or even 30% are injured, the network can still function. And second, ICC can regenerate. We have seen remarkably quick regeneration of ICC in models of inflammation. Thank you for that. And so prior to your study, what was the understanding of the ICCs of the deep muscular plexus of the small intestine? Well, there are three networks of ICC in the small intestine. ICC associated with the myenteric plexus, ICC associated with the deep muscular plexus, which lies close to the submucosa, and also ICC that are spread out throughout the musculature. We know actually little about the deep muscular plexus ICC. We do know that they are likely involved in mediating innervation because they, are, they contain many neurotransmitter receptors. They are, for example, rich in NK1 receptors, suggesting that they are innervated by substance, substance P neurons. This may have two functions. Substance P may affect specific functions of the ICC of the deep muscular plexus, or its main function may be to modify smooth muscle activity. But I believe that the main function of innovation of ICC is to specifically affect ICC function. So what were the main objectives of your study? Well, we recently published a paper in Nature Communication that showed that motor patterns can be orchestrated by interaction of pacemaker activities from two independent networks of interstitial cells of Cajal. 
One is the network of ICC associated with the myocardial plexus, which provides continuous pacemaker activity, also called slow wave activity. And the other network is the ICC associated with the deep muscular plexus. Pacemaker activity in this network is dependent on the stimulus, which can come from the entire nervous system. So we hypothesized that substance P could be the main neurotransmitter to evoke stimulus-dependent pacemaker activity, since these ICC have a high density of NK1 receptors. So our objective was to find evidence for physiological regulation of pacemaker activity in the ICC of the deep muscular plexus. So what methods do you use in your study? Well, we combined electrophysiology with calcium imaging and immunohistochemistry. In one type of experiment, Yongfang Zhu, the first author of this paper, stained the ICC with secret antibodies, brilliantly managed to put an electrode in the ICC, confirmed displacement by injecting lucifer yellow in the ICC, and then managed to record rhythmic transient depolarizations. So when we saw that, we knew that our hypothesis was correct. So what were the key results to emanate from your paper? Well, the ICC of the deep muscular plexus shows spontaneous calcium flickering. This can be erratic or it can be quite regular. The amazing thing is that this calcium flickering is not synchronized throughout the ICC network, despite the fact that these ICC are richly coupled by gap junctions. Sometimes the ICC show no calcium activity, and if so, we showed that substance P will induce the flickering. When the baseline activity already shows calcium flickering, Substance P can change non-high-frequency calcium flickering into strong rhythmic calcium transients that are synchronized within the network. This is quite stunning to see. Not only does substance P activate calcium release from the sarcoplasmic reticulum, it also promotes communication between the ICC within the network, likely by opening gap junctions. And electrophysiological recordings showed that substance P can induce rhythmic transient depolarizations in smooth muscle, which of course likely originates in the ICC. This is what we showed when you actually record it directly from ICC cells. So these data led us to hypothesize that substance P released from nerves can evoke rhythmicity in the ICC DMP, thereby providing it with pacemaker activity. This is this is this is fascinating that uh, substance P can prevent uh, potentially provoke uh, rhythmicity uh, and provide pacemaker activity. But what would you postulate the mechanism of action of substance P in this context to be? So well, we we postulate that substance P acts on the NK1 receptors in the ICC to generate inositol trisphosphate to create strong calcium oscillations. And that, in turn, activates ion channels to generate the transient rhythmic depolarizations. Furthermore, either IP3 or the calcium is likely to open up the gap junctions to evoke the synchronization of the calcium transients within the ICC network. So, what do you think the limitations of your study were? Well, although substance P did generate the mentioned low-frequency activity, it did not always do it in every experiment. So we don't believe that we have found the optimal physiological conditions for generating the low-frequency pacemaker activity. 
So that's subject for further research. Absolutely. I think uh, you're absolutely correct there. So where do you think the knowledge gaps in the field lie and, and how do we go about resolving these uh, as we move forward? Well, the hypothesis is that certain ICC networks generate pacemaker activity on demand, that is, in response to a stimulus, has gained significant support. In the stomach, they are the intramuscular ICC. In the small intestine, the ICC of the deep muscular plexus. In the colon, they are the ICC associated with the myenteric plexus. The challenge now is to figure out the normal physiological stimuli for this stimulus-dependent pacemaker activity. And then we have to better understand how the different pacemaker activities that propagate into the musculature from the ICC networks, how they interact with each other to generate motor patterns from segmentation to provide absorption to peristalsis to provide transport of content. Although the basic mechanisms need only the ICC and the smooth muscle, the anterior nervous system is heavily involved in initiating or modifying pacemaker activity, and in addition it provides the regulation of the force of the contractions. Furthermore, ICC are in direct contact with the brain through vagal afferent and efferent connections so that the brain activity can directly modify gut pacemaker activity. All this is a fruitful area of intense investigation. So our ultimate challenge is to identify the key role of ICC in all the various motor patterns of the gut and, and, and identify the key problems with generating these motor patterns when the ICC get injured in disease. So, Jan, with that, I'd like to thank you and your other co-authors for a really excellent paper and uh, also for assisting in this month's podcast. I'd also like to thank our listeners for tuning in and I look forward to welcoming you uh, again for another instalment of the podcast next month. Further information about this paper can be found on the journal website.